0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime at our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. Or online, anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. You know, we've been talking about developing a rich relationship with God. This is part three. And we've, uh, last week, from what I've heard, people were really awesomely challenged by it, although we had every technical difficulty fighting against us in all the services. And, but it is still available if somebody wanted to check it out, part two. But let me read you a verse here found in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 in the New Living Translation. It says, look. I stand at the door and I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice, not only is there a a knock, but Jesus is actually saying something. Hey, you home? (laughs) Look, I stand at the door and knock, and if you hear my voice and open the door... (laughs) I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Now, you think about this, and we often think that Jesus is knocking at the door of sinners, people who don't know him as of yet, and he's trying to introduce himself to them and forgive their sins and write their name in the book of life. But listen to what it says here in Revelation chapter 3, 20, in the Amplified Bible. It says, Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. I stand where? At the door of the church. I stand at the door of believers not just at the door of sinners and trying to knock and come in and wash your sins away and change your life forever, but when you already know him and you've already welcomed Jesus into your life. He says, I stand at the door of the church. I stand at the door of believers and I have a purpose and a plan for your life. And if you, he says, I stand at the door of the church and continually what percentage is continually? He's always knocking at the door of our heart because he's got a purpose for us. And, and it's, it's a fantastic opportunity that he has given us. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and, and restore him. Do we ever need Restoration? Restoration in our thoughts, in our health, in our relationships, you know, in our mind. We need restoration. And Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door of the church and I continually knock. I, just, I continually knock. I, I've been standing here and I continually knock. And if anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. I will restore him. And, and he with me, he'll eat with me. We'll, we'll have this awesome relationship is what Jesus is saying here. In, in the book of Colossians chapter one, he says, verse 21, he says, you who were once so far away from God, and this is a little bit of a review, you who were once so far Far away from God, you were His enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now He has brought you. He's brought you back. You, 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 you've responded to Him knocking at the, the door of your heart. Yet now He has brought you back as, as friends, not, not by what we did, but He has brought us back into genuine friendship and fellowship with himself based upon what he did. And Papa God, he sent his son, Jesus, sent him to the cross and he paid for your sins and, and my sins. And when we believe, we have faith in what he did. We believe and re- we receive that. It brings about transformation in our our life. Now the truth of it is if, probably heard the knock of God on your heart quite a few times, and you, you may not even recognize what it is, and, and you, you may grow kind of conditioned. as like, I wonder what that is, you know, and, and not really respond. I'm talking about believers, as well as non-believers. He's knocking because he wants to transform us, but believers, he's knocking because he's got fantastic opportunities for you. But if we don't hear the knock, if we don't hear his voice, he's not going to come in. We're not going to have this rich relationship that we could have. And all this happens is it's really by faith. We've got to believe what he says and what he does and and what he challenges us with, you know. And probably when you least expect it, not just at church, but at home talking to a neighbor at work, out at the park, on a picnic. Just who knows where you might be when you hear this this knock. And and how do we respond to God or do we respond at all? He says here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 in the Passion Bible, he says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father, of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he will unveil. I'm, I'm praying that he will unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. Until supernatural strength floods your innermost being. Is that okay if supernatural strength floods your innermost being? He says, and I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until. I'm praying until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Could you handle a little explosive power in your life? Three of you? Thank you. That was really good. (laughs) Power to change things. Power to bring about transformation change in the lives of our loved ones who really need it. But power to change us in areas where we need it, you know. And he says right here, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches. I'm praying that he would Reveal unto you and unveil this unlimited riches of his glory and his favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might. Oh, that, that you might have his divine might and explosive power. Think about it. We hear a lot about miracles and power and all these kinds of things. And lots of times people think that's, that's for heaven. No. You're not going to need all that in heaven. When do we need his power and his strength? Right now. Right now. That's when we need it. If we choose, well, I, I heard him knocking and I heard his voice. And he wants to unveil this to me and give me this fantastic, wonderful, explosive power. And flood me with this innermost, you know, strength and might. That's what he tells us here. Now, Paul Dawson, while visiting Grand Coulee Dam, he said, My family and I were surprised to see that the visitor center was dark. It was a sun sunny day, so we thought the center might have tinted windows. But as we got closer, we realized that no lights were on. We went in and we saw that none of the displays were working. It soon became clear that there was no power to the center due to a technical difficulty. The visitor center that sat only a few hundred feet from the hydroelectric dam had no power. Interesting. How could something be so close to the power source yet not be plugged in? How could this be? How close are you to being plugged in to a rich relationship with God? How close are you? (laughs) uh <laughs> It's only a half an inch away from the electrical plug. Isn't that close enough? How close are you to God? Are you as close to God as you want to be? Are you plugged in? You know that visitor center had some things, this technical difficulties where it was not plugged in, you know? Just wasn't plugged in, so it did not access the power. And I wonder how often we are not really plugged in into this rich relationship with God. We 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 hear Him oftentimes knocking. We hear Him calling to us, calling us by name, but we we don't. Respond and, and we're real close. Is just being somewhat close, is that good enough? Or do we genuinely need to be plugged in? You, you know, I, I think. that's better. Makes a difference. Isn't it nice to have power? Electricity in your home so you can see. Electricity in your home, you probably have an oven, a stove. You probably have appliances. All kinds of things from garage door openers and blenders and mixers and all kinds of things. We have electric keyboards and Electric amps for guitars and things like that. And it's wonderful when they're plugged in because when they're not plugged in, there's no power. And my question to you genuinely is, are you plugged in to this rich relationship with God? Does the power that's being unveiled, does it get into us? That's what he told us he wanted it to do. The supernatural strength, these unlimited riches would flood our innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. That's what he wants you and I to experience this explosive power now. Not when we die and go to heaven, but he wants us to experience this explosive power now. Listen to what he says here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, I'm sorry, verse 24, it says Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He is the power of God. Do you have a rich relationship with Jesus? He is the power of God say well I'm really close I'm really really I know a lot of people who are closer than me and and that probably means a whole lot because I'm really 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 I'm really close but I'm not totally plugged in but I'm really close is being close is that good enough I mean, now it's only like a sixteenth of an inch away. Last night, it lit up by itself. Am I telling the truth? And then it went off by itself, and I didn't touch it, and it wasn't nothing to do with me. It was just like, thank you, Lord. That was awesome, you know? But the bottom line is are you plugged in? into a close, rich, awesome relationship with Almighty God where this resurrection power, His mighty power, it flows to you and into you and out through you. And it makes an eternal difference in this world. I, I mean, or are you, I, I'm real, 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 real closer to God than I've ever been. How is that in your home when all your lamps are really close to the power, it don't really do much, does it? Being close, just not close enough to make a difference. But you know what? We need to develop a close, rich relationship with the Almighty God. That's awesome. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. And to have this power that he wants you and me to have. And we can have it. He he tells us we can. He says here in uh where was it? Was I in Ephesians yet? I no, was in Corinthians. Oh, there it is. Verse sixteen, Ephesians three. 16 says, and I pray that he, he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until he would, he would unveil this to you. He says, unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being. I'm praying for you until this unveiling and this supernatural Strength floods your innermost being with divine might and explosive power. And then verse seventeen goes on to say, "Then, by constantly using your faith, now now what percentage is constantly? How many of you have a pocket knife? You ever use it? I use mine every day. I really do." That's why it's kind of grubby right now because I use it and I have to clean it every day and I usually hit a lick or two on there and get it sharpened. I mean, from opening mail to you name it. And the, the, the knife is most effective when you use it. And lots of things that we have in our home when we use it. But now, do you use your faith? The, the Bible says faith can remove mountains all things are possible to those who believe to those who have faith and it says in verse 17 then after we have you know received the supernatural strength and, and his divine uh explosive power it says verse 17 then by constantly using your faith then by constantly Constantly using your faith the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you by constantly using your faith the, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you that's what he says and the resting place of his love will become the very source and, and the root of your life and then you will be what's that next word And then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. Who's a holy one? If if you've confessed your sins to God, he says he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from every wrong. When you've asked him into your life and you've really submitted over to him and he's declared you clean and innocent and and he says, "Every holy one, every man or woman who has used their faith and they trust Christ you know to to forgive them and and they have been pardoned and and they are holy it says in verse eighteen, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences every holy one, but if we're not holy if if we're kind of playing games and we're kind of close to getting plugged in, but we're really not plugged in yet. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. You know, how deep and how wide and and how long and, and, and how high and all these dimensions And God's love empowers. God's love sent Jesus to the cross. And it's God's love that caused him to rise from the dead. And God's love is what caused Jesus to work all these miracles on this planet years ago. Anyhow, have you, or or should I say this, when is the last time You heard Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. Not for salvation, but he's got a purpose. He's got a plan for your life, you know? And uh, a man's spiritual health is exactly proportional to his love for God. Our spiritual health is proportional to my love for God. And if my love for God is not very much, well, then my spiritual health is not too good. But when you genuinely love God with all that is in you, your spiritual health is getting pretty good. You're plugged in. You are, well, connected. Uh, Let's pick back up here in verse 19. In Ephesians 3, 19, it says, How deeply... Intimate. That's talking about intimate, close, and, and, and near, friendly, uh, cherished. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love? How enduring and inclusive is it? Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant and, and empowering love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. What are you filled with? Right now, honest to goodnessly, in your mind, For you got here yesterday, what's your mind filled with? What's your heart filled with? That's my question. And then he says, This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Are you filled and overflowing, you know, with the fullness of God? Like, you know, water that's flowing through a hydroelectric dam. What does the water do when it's flowing like that? It's generating power. It's generating power and it can eliminate all the lights and all the electrical appliances in a huge city or two or three and 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 is the fullness of God is it overflowing you and me you know do you want what God wants? Are you plugged in to him you know um it says in John chapter fourteen. Verse 12 in the Passion Bible says, I tell you this timeless truth. I think I shared this with you last week, this passage. It says, I tell you this timeless truth. It has no time. It's not that it was just for way back long ago, or it's not just for, for relevant today. It's not just for us uh, in the future, weeks, months, years in the future. This is timeless. It has no time. It's it's always available to us. In John 14, 12, it says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who does what? Follows Follows me. How? Jesus is the person who follows me in faith. The person who, who believes what I say. And does what I say, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, and he's talking about timeless, it's relevant to 2021, right here today, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. Now, Jesus said, and it's timeless, and those who follow me in faith, and and, and those who believe in me, Jesus said, (laughs) you'll do the same mighty miracles that I do. we going to, we're not going to need to do that when we get to heaven. And he says, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my father. I see you and I should become a participator in what faith brings us into. We should participate in his power. We should plug into him and be a participator. In this world in which we live, we like to be a spectator. We like to watch ball games or golf or a thousand other things, and we like to just spectate. When God wants you and me to be a participator, he doesn't want us just to, you know, uh, be a consumer. He wants us to be a contributor. To what he's on the move doing right now in this world. And God is on the move and he is not upset. He has not all been out of shape. He's on the move. And men and women who want to get plugged in to him can get plugged in to him. It says in 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living By God's power, it's opening the door. It's getting plugged in, and it's living by God's power. You say, "Are you are you serious? God's power is available to us here right now." Uh, I didn't really know that. I've not really experienced so much, and I'm really I'm I'm pretty close to God. You know, uh, being pretty close to God is not close enough. I mean, this thing right here is like half an inch. Is that close enough? No, no. The, the, the power is not flowing there. It's not close enough. Luke chapter 12 verse 21 says, Yes, a, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Not, not really plugged in to this rich relationship. Uh, we had this young man praying and thanking God for all the stuff that God had given him, but he didn't have a a rich relationship with God. uh, And he either didn't recognize God's knock or he didn't want to respond to God's knock, which you think that would be in regards to you. James chapter 4, verse 4, it says, you adulterers, and you know, we, we think of just a f- physical, relational thing when we talk about adultery, but did you know there's spiritual adultery? And he says here, if I can find my verse here again, James 4.4, 4, it says, you adulterers, don't you realize that Friendship with this world, this evil, secular world, makes you an enemy of God? Well, well, we know it now. That If we're just a friend with just the world, the material stuff, and we really love all that, but we're not plugged into a rich relationship with God, but we love all the stuff that God has given us, we can be in what is called spiritual adultery. He says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, that if your aim is to enjoy this world, this evil world, that's my aim. I just want to enjoy the world. You can't be a friend of God. Genesis chapter 5, verse 22, it says... After the birth of Methuselah, I don't know if you knew this. This is the truth. Methuselah was the oldest man in the Bible. You remember that, Methuselah? He was the oldest guy in the Bible, and it says after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived another three hundred years in close fellowship with God. Whew. That's that's what I. I want to be said about me. Maybe you want that to be said about you, that you lived in a close relationship with God, that you were plugged in to this rich relationship with God. Oh, Enoch is fantastic. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived another 300 years after his birth in a close fellowship with God, Enoch lived uh, 365 years in all. He enjoyed a close relationship with God throughout his life. Hmm. Now, Methuselah was the oldest man in the Bible. But he died before his papa died. Does that make sense? I'm getting that kind of a look here. It's like, huh? Methuselah was the oldest man in the Bible. But Methuselah died before his daddy died. This is Enoch. Enoch had this fantastic, wonderful relationship with God. And he'd take a walk with God. And one day God says, why don't you just come on home with me and spend the night? Well, see, he didn't know there was no night in heaven. So he went there, and he just stayed. So he didn't have to die to get to heaven. Enoch didn't. You you read about it. It tells you that very clearly and plain. So he got to heaven without dying. That's why Methuselah died, because his daddy never died. It was kind of a prototype of what the rapture will be like for us one day. Pretty, 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 pretty cool. There's a song we used to do from time to time. It went like this. More love, more power, more of you in my life. Do do you want more love, more power? Do, Do you want more of God in your life? More love, more power, more of you in my life. I will worship you with all of my heart. I will worship you with all of my mind. I will worship you with all of my strength. You are my Lord. You know what Lord means? <clears throat> you're a master. You're in absolute control of every area of my life. When you say you're my Lord. That's what I was talking about. You're in control. I have surrendered. I've dedicated all that I am. I've yielded it all to you. You are in absolute control of every area of my life. Can you really call Jesus Lord? Yes. Are you really plugged in? Fantastic. Fantastic. Because that's where his power flows to us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, in the Message Bible, it says, everything, now what percentage is everything? 100%. 100%. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God, having a life that pleases God, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. Everything that we need to have a life that pleases God has been given to us. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to work ourselves up to it. He says everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Now, I wonder who that is. Jesus. Jesus. Who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father in heaven except through me. Jesus is the one who has invited us into this fantastic relationship with his Father. Let me read again. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received have you ever re- received an invitation for something? Yes. Maybe a wedding or a party or something or another? I have this invitation right here. Hmm. It says, you are invited. Well, wow. has tickets in here. Wow. It says 2 Peter 1, 3-4. You're invited to receive everything, 100%, that goes into a life of pleasing God. Miraculously given to you It's an invitation to know Jesus personally and intimately. Absolutely terrific promises your tickets to participation in the life of God. How would you like a ticket to participate in the powerful life of God right now. His empowerment, his miraculous power was available to you right now and and you got tickets that you can cash in, you know. He says right here, the best invitation, the latter part of verse, about halfway down in verse three, it says, the best invitation we ever received, we were also given absolutely What's that next word? Terrific. terrific. Um, the word terrific means great. It's like Tony the Tiger when he was talking about frosted flakes. They are great. Am, am I too old? Or y'all know about Tony the Tiger. You older guys know about Tony the Tiger, right? Yeah. We know about Tony the Tiger. It's great, he says here. The, 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 they're great, you know. And he says, we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. You understand how to pass something on? Did you catch it? Awesome, congratulations. When someone passes you something, you should try to catch it. Shouldn't you? Woo. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Listen to what the scripture says. We were also given absolutely terrific promises. And these promises, you know what these promises are? Listen to what he says here. He says, the, the, uh, the best invitation we ever received, we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to participation in the life of God. You want to get the tickets? that allows you to participate? You want to get the tickets that allows you to plug into God's enabling power? You want to get the tickets that allows you to, to work with God now? Oh, I'm telling you, lots of times people don't understand this. We have been welcomed as a friend of God. But we've also been invited and welcomed in. You know, not just as a friend and just a buddy, but as a worker. And have you ever worked with people and you got real close to them? When we work together at Vacation Bible Adventure, we get to know each other, don't we? And and we've had opportunity to, to work with God and to do what God's up to and to lead men and women, boys and girls into the kingdom. I mean, that's what it's really genuinely all about. And he says here, we are also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. So we should be passing on the tickets that, that we discover. I'm saying, like, hey, I can give you a ticket. It don't cost me nothing except a little bit of time and energy to pass them on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God. This is how I participate in the life of God. This is how I get my, my tickets out, and this is how I use my tickets. It's like the, 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 they're in this, this book. The promises are, are, are the tickets. Wow. I just found a like check in here. It's not part of the sermon, guys. Oh, I did use that once before. The recipient receives death. The wages of sin is death. Isn't it wonderful when you can tell people that God forgives you your sins, and you don't have to be afraid or concerned about judgment? Isn't that fantastic? Ain't nothing no better than that. I'll be honest with you. It just, it just really, it really isn't. You know, we have been given everything through our knowledge of Him, and that. Comes right through the promises. You know, is is your knowledge of him, is it increasing? When you read that book, when you pray those promises, when you give those promises away, you pass them on to others. We're increasing in our knowledge and it changes things in us. It genuinely changes things, you know. Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, in the Amplified, it says, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. God is not just at work, but God is effectively at work in you. For it is not your strength, it's not my strength, It's not the lamp's strength. The the power don't originate with the lamp. But there is power there. But it don't originate with the lamp here. And he says, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the the longing, uh, the desire, and the ability, uh, the power to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Let me read to you out of the New Living Translation. Just a little bit shorter. It says, for God is working in you. If you let him. You know, no way. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. And God will not force himself to work in you. But God's got a purpose for your life. And he is always at work in you. And you know how he gets his, our attention? He's always trying to work in us. Listen to what it says. For God is working in you. That is awesome. He is effectively working in you. He's effectively working in me unless I say, no, get away from me. And I would never say that. For God is working in you, giving you the desire. So if if you have a desire to lead men, women, boys, and girls to Christ, into a closer relationship with Christ, if you have a desire to get people plugged into God's power that brings about salvation, that brings about a clean heart, that gets their name written in the book of life, if you have this desire to pray for people who are sick and that God will restore them, you know where that desire came from? For God is working in you. God. God is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now, sometimes we've got the, the desire. I really want to do what you want me to do, God. I, I want to help people. I want to pray for people. I want to see your power demonstrated in their life. And, and we can try to muster it up in our own human strength. But it says that God gives us the desire. And God gives us the power. We just got to get plugged into Him. Into this fantastic, awesome, rich relationship With almighty God. That's what I'm talking about. It says here in James. Well, let me see. I can't really get into all that right now. I don't think. Well, why not? James chapter 4 verse 5. It says, what do you think the scripture means when they say that the Holy Spirit whom God has placed within us jealously longs for us to be faithful? Does the Holy Spirit, is he jealous and he wants you to be faithful? How many of you want your, you you jealously long for your loved ones, your spouse, to be faithful to you? Is, Is that normal? That's what you want? And Almighty God jealously longs for us to be faithful and being unfaithful, disconnects us from the power that should flow to us and being unfaithful to God disconnects us as well. But it says, what do you think the scripture means when they say that the Holy Spirit whom God has placed within us jealously longs for us to be faithful? He gives us more and more strength to stand against such evil desires. Have you ever resisted when the devil tempted you? I'm going to have you finish my sermon. You're supposed no. to resist me. Oh, no. I can't do that, man. No, oh, come on. Oh, no, I don't want to. Well, you're a piece of cake. I can take you anywhere I want. I don't want to. Huh. Man, is that all you got? <laughs> is that it? <laughs> Are you cheating somehow or another? Oh, no, <laughs> man. Do you think this guy is doing a pretty good job at resisting me? Thank you, buddy. The Bible tells us, number one, to submit ourselves to God. We we surrender ourselves to him, and then we resist the devil. By submitting ourselves to God, by getting plugged into God, We access his power and then we can resist the devil. And you did a great job of resisting there. But sometimes I think the devil grabs us in areas of our mind, our sight, and all the areas of our life, and he just pulls us and we just kind of go, Where where, where are we going? I don't really want to go there. I, I, I don't want to go. But we go! Could you resist him? Absolutely, If you want to resist him, you genuinely can. It says here in James 4, 5, what do you think the scripture means when they say that the Holy Spirit, whom God has placed within us, jealously longs for us to be faithful. He gives us more and more strength to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God sets himself against the proud. So if you're trying to f- develop a rich relationship with God, but you're very prideful, you yeah, I did this myself, <laughs> you know. Okay, well, God gave me the wisdom and God gave me the strength to do this. That's different. But if we're full of pride, w- we're going to cave in to the devil because my Bible tells me that when, when we are full of pride, God resists us. God resists us. So how can we develop a rich relationship with God When God is resisting us, and he tells us here, that's what pride does to us. It says in verse 6, he gives us more and more strength to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God sets himself against the proud. But he shows favor to the humble. He shows favor. So humble yourselves before God. What's the, the next three words say? resist the devil resist the devil and it says and he the devil will flee from you if if you look it up in its original language it means the devil will flee from you in fear why because he has never had anyone resist him before except Jesus and if you're able to resist the devil it must mean that you're plugged into Jesus because you got his power to resist the enemy of our soul And we need to stay plugged in to Jesus. We need to access his power. We genuinely do. Verse 8 says, draw close to God. And God will draw close to you. When you bow down before the Lord, you humble yourself and you admit your dependence on him. I totally depend on you, almighty God, for everything that I have need of and you admit your dependence on him, he will lift you up and give you honor. Now, Jonathan Edwards was a great preacher of years gone by, really a revivalist. He he led hundreds, thousands of people to Christ. And I was reading a little bit about him, and I don't have time to give all this information to you right now, but sometime in the future, Jonathan Edwards, the 18th century revivalist, He sat down at the age of 17, and he wrote 21 resolutions by which he would live his life. Now, lots of people think, well, that's something you do at January, a New Year's resolution, right? But when he first came to know Christ, he sat down, and he wrote 21 resolutions by which he would live his life. And he added to this list, until by his death, he had... 70 resolutions that he would abide by. And he put this at the top of his list. Being sensible, that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions. And to follow up, each week, Jonathan Edwards, he did a self-check. He regularly summed up how he was doing, and he sought God's help in the process. And Susan and I have gone through all these resolutions, and some of them you probably wouldn't want to do, to be honest with you, because it really meddles with you. Do you have to give up something in your life? It's just like, but this is what he came by reading the scriptures and knowing God, he would write down these resolutions and every week of his life he would go back through those and say, well, I haven't been doing that I haven't been really kind and loving toward people. I haven't been this, that, and another, the resolutions. And then he would tweak those things, and his life would become more and more and more like Christ. And what he did, he plugged into God's power, and he was used in a phenomenal way to win people to Christ because he had made these resolutions that he wanted a rich relationship with God. And whatever was not holy, whatever was not pure, he just kind of took it out of, out of the, the whole picture of his own life. So, let me see here if I have time to show one more thing here. Whew. Okay, one, one, one final thing. We'll talk about this other stuff another time. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, for I'm not ashamed of this good news. I think I hear Jesus knocking at your door. It really looked like somebody was working on the roof next door, but I think Jesus is knocking at your door. <clears throat> it says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Are you? No. There's a lot of people right now, there ain't but one way to get to heaven, and that is by accepting the good news. The good news is that Jesus died in your place. You know and He rose from the dead, and, and he will write your name in the book of life, and he'll forgive you all your sins, and you'll go to heaven with him one day if you trust in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. This is the good news. And people will not, cannot get to heaven without the good news. They just can't get there. And so we must be plugged in to the power to tell them people the simplicity of this good news. It's simple, but it's true. And the scripture says here, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Saving everyone. Now what percentage is everyone? (laughs) Anybody who has gotten saved has gotten forgiven is because they heard the good news and they accepted it. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Wow. The Jew first and also the Gentiles. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. When I hear the good news, it is, it's found right here in this book. It produces faith. It says, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life, eternal life. is having faith in the good news. And that's why I just want to challenge you. You know, I've I've been a part of hundreds in my life. Uh, This next week, Susan and I will have been pastoring here for 41 years. You know, it's pretty cool. But the only way people can get to heaven is by hearing the good news about Jesus. They can hear it in a song. They can hear it in a poem. They can hear you talk about it. You can, you know, send it to them through the Internet. You can... Text them. You can talk on the phone. But they need to hear the good news and they need to receive the good news. And you and I, God says he's at work in us. And and he's the one who gives us the desire and the power to share the good news with other people so the people can have their names written in the, the book of life. And, you know, I think it's fantastic. I've had the privilege to hear many a times Many a times, you know, and not too long ago, I heard from Buck over here. His uh, uncle passed on. He said he was ready. He was young, 98? Young, 98. But it's fantastic when you know he's received the good news. Isn't it fantastic when you know somebody was right with God? And you know, all of us, we're pilgrims and we're passing through and we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. That's what we're looking for. And we need to tell other people about it because other people just get involved in driving their, their Mustangs and pursuing all the good stuff that God gives them. and, And they don't really respond to God's knocking at the door and they don't listen to his voice. But God's got a plan for us all. And he's given us Tickets. Uh, they're through out here. It's it's all the terrific promises. They're tickets. Oh, man, it it changes us and it empowers our faith. It helps us to access and plug into God's power and it flows to and through us. And I'm talking to you. God's power flows to you and through you. And Jesus said, and he only speaks the truth, and he says "It's a timeless promise. It's a timeless promise. Jesus says, The same miracles I did, you will do if you have faith. If you believe me, and then Jesus says, greater miracles than I did, you're going to do. That's what Jesus says. I believe him 100% because he's recruited us all to be a part of his workmen. You know, that's that's what he's told us. And he says he gives us a desire and he gives us the power. And he gives us the power. To shine. He gives us the power to do whatever his power will accomplish. But he's given us a desire to live an honorable life. He's given us the power. That's what he does. So, I'd like to just pray for you before we dismiss. So we just bow our heads. And Susan, if you'd come on up here with me. And then after we pray for just a moment, then uh, don't don't leave. We're going to show you. Just a tiny little snippet of a video about the marriage encounter. Oh, Papa God, I just lift up my brothers and sisters who are here this day. I thank you for each and every one that we are learning together how to submit ourselves to you, how to get plugged in, and how to resist the devil, and the devil will flee from us if we resist him. That's what you said in your word, and we want to get plugged in, and we want that miraculous power the greater works kind of power, that empowerment that you have promised will come to and work through us. We want this power, not for our selfishness, but we want to do the work and we want to make an eternal impact in the lives of the men, women, boys and girls that you bring into our sphere of influence. Help us, Father God, in this day and time in which we live. So many people are not really sure if they are right with you. Help us to help them. Discover this rich relationship with you. And Father God, I ask if there is something in these men and women who are here and watching online, if there is something that's hindering them, that's keeping them, even if it's only a half an inch away from getting plugged in, we ask that you remove the obstructions that we can get plugged in and access your power in our lives, Almighty God. That's what we want to do. We want to be totally surrendered and totally committed to you. Where we can resist the devil and we can access your miraculous power that will transform and change this world in which we live. And Papa God, I just ask you right now to bless these men and women who are here watching online or who are sitting in these seats. ask you to bless them with your miraculous power and ask that you provide whatever it is that they have need of, and whatever their loved ones, their family members, their friends, their neighbors have need of, I ask that you work miraculously because we know you want us to pray about these things now. And I ask that you would work a miracle in and then through them, Almighty God, those who are here and those who are joining us online, may your miraculous power find a place in us as we get plugged in to a close relationship with you. May your miraculous power bring healing and restoration and whatever is needed in each one's life. We ask in the name of your son, Jesus. And I'd like to pray with us right now just to reaffirm our faith in Christ. And there's probably some who are here and some who's watching who's never really surrendered their life to Christ. And we would like to reaffirm our faith as they declare their faith for the very first time. So would you pray with me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that You love me. I believe that You love me. That's why You sent Your Son Jesus. That's why You sent Your Son Jesus. And He paid for all my sins. And He paid for all my sins. And then He rose from the dead. And then He rose from the dead. And I believe He's knocking at the door of my heart. And I believe He's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that. Door. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I receive Jesus as my as my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming friend. And as my soon coming friend. Who is a king. Who is a king. I love you, almighty God. I love you, almighty God. I know you put these desires in me. I know you put these desires in me. And you put the power to accomplish them. And you put the power to accomplish them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.